These are Grindstaff Publishing audio files. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Grindstaff Publishing podcast. It is uh, November 24th, currently 1 o'clock p.m. Shockingly, it is not 9.30. It is not nighttime, and it is daytime. I'm drinking coffee right now, and it's wonderful. So trying something different today. The boys are both taking a nap, and I was like, oh, we might as well just do this now. So chapter 12 um, in Room to Rome is all about Austria, part two of Austria. And uh, the first the first part of Austria was, it was in the last chapter with the three countries thing. And um, it was basically just going to Vienna. So it, it wasn't the best taste in my mouth. I didn't really like uh, Vienna that much. It was kind of the opposite of what I wanted. So then I was kind of reluctant to go back to Austria. But due to the refugee crisis and the, and the border closing in 2015, um, when I was in Hungary looking to go down further south um, into that the Balkan countries, mostly Croatia, um, I couldn't because their borders closed and so I couldn't go in there. So I was, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll go back to Austria and that puts me back into the more mainland area and then I can figure out what to do next. So I found myself in Salzburg, Austria. Um, the chapter I wrote opens with me sitting on, um, on a wooden bench on Salzburg Castle, um, looking out at these big old black clouds covering um, the Alps. And then as I was sitting there longer and longer, um, the clouds started moving around and this, this, these mysterious Alpine mountains just kind of showed themselves more and more. And it was so cool because, um, like, like I mentioned in the chapter, mountains have always had this, this ethereal, you know, adventure quality to them. You know, I'm not alone in that, but I've, I've always loved mountains. I've always liked the outside. I've always liked mountains and trees and hiking and climbing. And so when I got to college, I got really, really into climbing stuff. And um, I, I climbed a few mountains, nothing major, but I've, I was really into that whole atmosphere and that lifestyle of mountain climbing. And so then to find myself looking at the Alps, like the, you know, the, the historical behemoths they are, um, and so much like, you know, so much lore coming out of them, uh, the, the Alpine climber, it just was, it was so cool to be at the castle looking out into that. So, um, it, that, that was a night um, dusk time, so I went back to my hostel, a very very commercial hostel, very much like a new age kind of co- com, condominium situation. And it was very cool, very nice and clean, and I, I met a couple people there, and it was it was fine. Um, Salzburg is on the map mostly because it's a it's a place where Mozart was born, so he his graffiti and statues are everywhere in that that um, pretty small community. But just it's it's so much like a medieval place because you're you're in this medieval area, a lot of castles, brick and stone, um, alpines or the Alps are right there. Uh, it has like that really cold feel to it. Very cool, cool environment to be in, um, and it feels studious because of the uh, the university there. So it, it's a very cool mix of things. So I was I was in Salzburg, um, going up to the castle and, and looking out into the Alps was probably the, like the highlight of being in the city. But when I got back to my hostel, um, I was looking around, and there was a brochure um, to go up into the Alp, uh, into the Alps. I keep wanting to say Alpine, sorry. Go up into the Alps. And so the day after uh, my my second day there, um, I I took a, a cheap shuttle out to um, 
Untersberg. And so then there's this Untersberg mountain. Um, I, I can't remember how tall it really is, but it, it's not a crazy tall mountain. But you can take a tram up. And so like, oh, I'm sold. So I was uh, I was waiting for the tram with um, these these older Austrian ladies and then this th- this guy with his beautiful German shepherd and then this uh, couple, this family with uh, two little kids. So the tram comes down and we, we start going up and I hate heights. I'm, I'm very afraid of really, really high heights. Um, like I, I, I can get on the top of my roof of my house pretty easy, but much higher than that, I don't like it. And so, but it was worth it to go into the tram up to the top of the, the Alps. So as we go higher and higher, there's a, there's a pretty pretty big cloud cover up on top of the mountain, so we're just going up, and and I kind of get a little shaky. The the dog starts getting flat on his belly, starts to whine, and but everyone else is pretty much calm. Um, we get into the into the cloud cover, and you know for a bit, and it's fine, and then you can't really see anything, so it's fine. And then as soon as we pop through that cloud cover, it's just like this vast expanse of just Austria, Austrian countryside, just beautiful. My knees start shaking even more. The dog starts whimpering more. The older Austrian ladies start kind of making some sounds like they're nervous too. So it's like, um, I'm just like, it's fine. Enjoy it. Take it all in. Got the, got my camera out. Started taking some pictures. And it's just amazing how craggy and beautiful the Alps are, particularly the Untersberg one that I was at. And then we go, we get into um, a second cloud cover that's kind of staying on top of the mountain again. Um, we, we get off the tram and then most people get, you know, go right into the, uh, the restaurant area there to have some warm drinks. Um, it's like 28 degrees on top of the mountain. Um, I was not prepared for that, uh, but it was fine. I was full of energy and just like, I'm in the Alps. I'm on, I'm on top of an Alpine mountain. So I just take off. There's snow everywhere, very frosty, but it's this thick cloud cover on top. So you can't see anything. I, I couldn't see any of the ground. So, but I did see this in the faint, in the faintness of the fog. I saw this this big old cross, and so I was like, okay, well, but that might be the top of the mountain, the peak of it. So I go and find that. Um, you know, really, 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 very, very pretty. The cross is awesome. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to see more of this. I bet there's higher points. So I kind of just trek off. I, I like there there are there are trails around. Um, so I wasn't like off totally off kilter, but there were trails. I kept hiking, hiking, hiking. It's probably like an hour of just hiking around here and there, seeing this amazing um, fog moving so fluidly than the wind and so um i brought out some snacks and so i i um i sat there at one point it's probably like noon or one o'clock or something like that i had some snacks and, and just sat on this the edge of this uh this mountain and just was watching this beautiful movement of the fog from the wind and it was really cold but it was so worth it um and then the the fog was kind of getting thinner then it got thicker thinner th- thinner and thicker so, okay, well, I can't just sit here and freeze my ass off. So there, there was a hut that I had seen um, when I first got on the mountain. So, okay, well, I'll go there and see what they have, have to offer. Before I mentioned I love mountains, the entire, the entire everything about mountain lore is amazing. The people that climb them, the mountain huts, the mountains themselves, all of it I am just completely infatuated by. So when I come to this little wooden alpine hut, a true alpine hut on the Alps, um, I'm just floored. Um, I go inside and it is wonderful. It is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It is so cool. You open this big wooden heavy door and it's all wood inside. There is a, a stone fireplace with fire raging. Everyone's in sweaters and with beards and pouring steins of beer. And so I had this big old, um, bowl of, uh, 
I don't know, beef stew or something like that, some kind of stew with a big with a big um, Austrian pilsner. And there's a window that you can look out. And it was just me, the bartender, I think a cook in the back. And then there was a, 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 a family, the family that I had seen. They were sitting there in the corner. They only spoke um, German. I didn't speak anything German. and um, But with sign language and point and everything, I, I got the point across what I had. The Pilsen was fantastic. The stew was fantastic. People, place, locale, everything was perfect. Um, I got the journal out, started just scribbling down all this stuff. Um, was just completely floored by the whole thing. Kind of took, took my time hoping the clouds would, would lift because if not, then I couldn't see the ground and whatever. I'd go back down. Um, but after an hour of being in the hut, there started being blue skies. So perfect, cool. And then the blue skies became the ground. I could see the ground and the, and the clouds started becoming a lot more clumped and I could see I could see things. So I just paid my tab and just hiked as fast as I could up to the cross um, and just, you could see the vast, vast countryside of Austria below you. It was just, it was just, you can get drunk off the beauty. It was so great. Um, so I hiked here and I hiked there. I took pictures. It was, it was just incredible. I, I couldn't get enough of what I was seeing. Um, I was completely floored. Um, so I, 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 re- I reluctantly went down after probably four or five hours on the mountain. Um, I, I went down the tram. Um, there was a really weird incident, um, with a guy, I don't know what his deal was. I don't want to speculate too much, but is this older guy, probably fifties or sixties. And he, um, and he kept like being really pushy, um, on top of the mountain. He kept being like, Oh, like, you know, where are you from? All this stuff. And Oh, well, you know, where are you going next? Like, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm okay. And it just kind of like got this really, you know, hitting on me feeling. Um, and it's fine if, if, if he was gay and trying to think if I was gay, great, that's fine. But I'm not. And so I was like, you know, it's okay. It just, I was nice. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my hostel and stuff. And then he, he and I got on the, on the tram. He kept talking to me and trying to figure out where I was from and where I was going. And I started getting this really big feeling of like, something's not right. This guy doesn't seem like he's has the best motives. Um, I don't, I, so I kind of said, it, it's okay, man. I, I, I just want to look around. I, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. So he kind of understood that. And it was fine. got to the bottom of the tram and he tried to try one more time and he tried to say like, no, let me go buy you some lunch and a, and a beer. And I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't want to. And he started getting really pushy and like try to be like, no, I, you know, don't, don't pay for a bus. Like I can, I can take you where you need to go. I just, I'll get in, my, get in my car and stuff. And I just started, I finally said, listen, man, I, I don't want to go with you. I, I got my own thing going. Please leave me alone. And he just smiled and kind of said, "Oh, hey, don't be, don't be getting all like that." And I, I just kind of walked away. And it was the first um, encounter of anybody that they were like, like pushing, and I kind of raised my red flag a little bit, being like, uh, "This person isn't, isn't out for my best interests." And again, I don't want to speculate. You know, maybe he was just a guy that was like, "Oh, this, this is a young guy. You know, maybe he'll have a drink with me, whatever." But he has gave me a really, really weird vibe, and it was the first time that happened where I just kind of got this feeling like this person isn't a cool person that wants to just talk and hang out. He wants to do some motive that I didn't want to be in, into. So that, that was kind of a weird point, but I, I, I shook it off and then got on the bus and went to my, my hostel. Um, <clears throat> then let's see. Um, that night I talked to this really cool Australian couple. Um, they were going kind of in the same direction I was only a different speed. Um, and they, and they were cool. We talked for, you know, most of the night, had some beers and whatever. The next day, 
I got on a bus, and the buses in Austria were so cheap. Like talking like one euro, two euro, five euros to get from point A to point B. Really cheap stuff. Um, and the trains were astronomically expensive. So talk about a complete, you know, contrast where, you know, I had such as like this, um, this idea of trains through the Alps. Um, and that might be why they're so expensive, but, uh, just extremely expensive to get from point A to point B on a train. Like it was talking like in the 50 to 80 Euro range to get, you know, like an hour, two hour um, train ride. And so contrast that with, you know, 80, 80 to, you know, about 80 to 80 euros to get on a train from here to there or like five or 10 euros on a bus. So I always took the bus. So I got on the bus, um, going to Innsbruck, um, farther West. And there's this Turkish guy that was driving the bus. And, and since I had, I had gone from working with a Turkish guy, it was like, Oh, this guy's like my friend from back at, at the brewery. But this guy was like this <laughs> funny guy. He's like probably 30. And he was like, so into like my, my, my traveling thing. He's like, Oh man, like, what do you, what'd you see? And like, where are you going? This is so cool. And then he kept like being like this like old, old horny uncle guy where it's like he's talking about like all oh, the girls and all this stuff. And, oh man, the Swedish girls are really awesome and they're so pretty and you know they can do stuff that no other girls can do. And I was like, wow, this is a forward. Um, but he was, he was fine, you know. Kind of, I, I kind of steered away from those kind of conversa- conversations and got into his life. And he was a no- normal dude that was uh, you know married and had some kids, so maybe he was just trying to live vicariously through other people. But he was really cool, very cool guy. He kept driving the bus and. Talk, 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 and then I, mean, I remember vividly. I, I could still see it because I, I was in the in the passenger, the, the first, um, the first seat next to him. So we were talking about stuff, and then, you know, I, due to other stuff and things going on around us, I couldn't really see the Alps um, as as we left um, Salzburg to go to Innsbruck. And so as we were going along, probably half an hour, an hour into the end of the drive, um, we come across this corner, and just spreading out as far as you could see the Alps just re- revealed themselves this snowy jagged um, jagged mountains just the f- as you kept going on this corner almost like in slow motion as you kept turning the mountains kept going further and further and just beauty 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 and all of that mythology and folklore and everything that I always loved about mountains and particularly the Alps was there And then um, I realized that that was Innsbruck, you know, that, that, that's where I was going. And so Innsbruck is this, this pretty quaint little, little town. Um, and I have some pictures in the photo book, but um, you look at any pictures of Innsbruck and there is um, this, the town is right at the feet of these mountains, right at the feet of the Alps. Um, and it's very much like a ski resort kind of area. It's kind of expensive and it's beautiful. And so like, like I've done the, whole, the entire trip, I found that a very cheap hostel um, and found my place and the hostel wasn't, was no different. Um, it was at the feet of the, these beautiful Alps. Um, and it was, it was cold and it was, you know, it, it was, uh, it was October. So all that kind of cool feeling stuff, like I kind of like, like the October 20 something. Um, so it was, it's, it's wonderful. It's gorgeous. Um, I get, I get into the hostel and it's a typical hostel kind of, you know, busy, a lot of different people, like, you know, young people, old people. And I got into the, the, my, my room, typical dorm situation, bunk beds, drop myself off, take off, just go instantly down in, into the downtown area, to the old town area. Um, they're like street musicians and there are vendors and food. And it was just a very lively place with like multicolored um, buildings and the house behind them snow capped. It was just, it was very picturesque. Um, I didn't have any really pl- real plans for Innsbruck. So I was wandering around. That night I came back to the hostel and um, 
this this older guy, probably 50 or so, was like, hey, um, oh, sorry, let's see. It was probably like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was having lunch, maybe. That, that must be how it went. Probably 2 o'clock or, or around lunchtime, I was having lunch. And this older guy in his 50s said, hey, I, I'm a chef. Um, I'm, I'm getting money together. And I, I'm going to make some dinner tonight. And if you want it, um, you just, I, I'll, you know, I'll put your name down. Um, I'll get the ingredients. And all you have to do is pay for the ingredients, pay a portion of the ingredients. And then if you want to, you tip me at the end. I was like, well, okay, cool. That sounds fun. And so then, then I went back into downtown and came back About around five o'clock dinner was, was uh, getting served. And so this guy who really was a chef, um, had this great spread on this, this big old community table. And there's probably 10 of us around the table, including him. And it was this marvelous, marvelous dinner. It cost me like five euros because there's, you know, nine of us that were paying and then plus a chef. And so we all talked to people from Israel and Spain and there are Australian people. Um, I think he was from eesh, like maybe Portugal, I think, or something like that. And um, it was so cool. It was, it was awesome to talk to everybody. It was one of the first communal, truly communal times where we all sat around a table drinking really cheap wine, eating very healthy very, um, you know, home cooked food. And, uh, so at the end of it, um, the guy was like, Hey, I'm, this is not, I'm not me pushy. You guys already paid for your part of the dinner, but if you want to, I'll, I'll put a hat in the middle of the table. And if you want to pay a tip, then you can, you can pay me that. And so after everyone left, I, I kind of hung around and I asked the guy like, why, why are you doing this? How'd you get into this? And, he, and uh, apparently his story is that he's in his fifties. He had been a, um, a chef at like high-end restaurants around Europe for decades, for a couple decades. And the last like five years, he kind of got tired of being in one place. And so him and his long-term girlfriend, who was at the hostel with him then, they're, they're very cool people. And so they decided that they were going to travel. And so for the past like three to five years, they had just been traveling around hostel and hostel, seeing the country, seeing the world. And wherever he went to, um, wherever they went to, um, he would just do that. He would, uh, he would just ask people in the hostel if, if they wanted to have a, you know, a chef, a high-end chef meal, they would pay for the ingredients and then, he, and then any tip would be his profit. And so through that method, him and his girlfriend just traveled everywhere. And so I, I, I think they had stayed at that hostel for like a week, maybe. And then they were going on to the next, next place. And I, and I kept being like, that's amazing. And what a really cool environment that would be to just, just to travel wherever you wanted to. He had a, he had a marketable skill. He can make food, which is like, of course, everyone knows, like the most, the most basic of human elements. We all have to eat. But when you're at a hostel, strangely, that sense of community sometimes lacks. There's no real rhyme or reason for it. Um, it's just kind of the people there. Because you think that once you're in a hostel, everyone's similar ages. Everyone has a similar method. They're, what, what they're doing is similar. But it was interesting because even in that particular situation, there was us having the communal dinner, about 10 of us, like I said. And then there was people that weren't there. So after we had our meal and I talked to the guy and everything, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, I went out and I, and I saw the rest of the people. And so in the common room, there were probably 20 people with headphones in, looking at their phones, completely disconnected from anybody else in the hostel. And it's, and like I just said, it's, it's interesting because you would think that wouldn't happen. You'd think that, oh, the people are, are in this unique environment, talk. But I was definitely guilty of it um, a few times on the trip. I tried not to. I tried to pull myself out of that. And it's just such an interesting insight into the, the, the generational thing, I guess, because, you know, these people 
were mostly in their early 20s that were doing this. And so their early 20s people had gotten there, had traveled around there, were doing a, a hostile thing. But once they had the opportunity to actually talk to people that were doing the same thing as them, they plugged into their devices and then they were posting what they had seen on Instagram and, and that kind of stuff. So they were doing the social thing, but not with the people around them. So it was this interesting mix of people that were older were like, oh, I want to talk to people. Let's have some drinks and let's talk. Whereas people that are younger, typically, not always, people that are younger were like, well, I'm going to do my own thing and then share my own experiences onto my friends on social media and I'll get the same feeling as what you guys are feeling. So it, I, I just remember sitting in the common room after that and just being like, wow, this is really interesting. It's like a sociology experiment of like, we're all in the same you know, vacuum, but yet everyone's handling this, this very differently and there's a pretty clear divide. None better, no worse, just different. So that was, a, that was an interesting point. Kind of got my psychology brain going a little bit. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting point of travel. Went to bed that night. Um, let's see, the next, the next day, um, I didn't have any plans. It was my last day in Austria, last day in Innsbruck. It was beautiful, probably 70 degrees. It was sun shining. It was wonderful. Um, so I, got, I put my shorts on and I was walking around, got some, got some breakfast, came back to the hostel, had some lunch. And I was like, well, how am I going to spend the last bit of this trip? I, I, I went on Google Maps, I was looking around and, and I saw that there's a, there's a little, a very small town. Um, not very far from my hostel. I was like, okay, well, how did I get there? So then I realized there's a trail. So, okay, well, let's go on the trail. But behind my hostel, there's this like dirt trail. So, okay, let's go through it. Went, went on the trail, came across this like adult jungle gym obstacle course thing was pretty cool. Played on that for like a half an hour or whatever and then kept walking. It was sun shining, beautiful, thick forest going through this thick forest. Then I came to this opening. And again, the Alps were like right in your face. Like I'm the, I'm the freaking Alps. Like, here you go. Um, so I went and added to this, this grassy field, came across, people had already done this before. There's a pretty good trail going through, went to this, um, you know, the, the split rail fence. So postcard, it was so postcard. It was crazy. So I took a picture of the, the split rail fence with the Alps in the back, this small little, little, um, farmhouse. Wonderful. Kept going. Um, then I came across this this very small um, little like little ski resort called Eigels, um, and I knew that because of there is a there's a super small um, little uh, uh, train station, like like out of a Wes Anderson movie or something, um, yellow, um, and I, and it was just picturesque is, is the best word for all this because it just this any 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 area you look any angle you look at was a was a postcard it was all a postcard, I I went through Eigels. It was too early for the snow season. Um, so, but again, I, I think that's what it was. I think it was mostly a ski resort kind of town. Um, went, went into the end of the town. It was, it was wonderful. Not many people, many people there. I, I was just kind of wandering around. It was like four o'clock. I was like, well, I have to get back. And so I went back the back the way I came. You know, such an amazing place. Um, and I, I just remember looking around and being like, man, I am living my dream. I am living the dream I always thought I wanted to. You know, this is what I always wanted to see you know, coming from a, a very small little town in, you know, Wheatfield, Oregon. Um, now here I was in this like Alpine village, literally. Um, and the Alps were big and beautiful. The sun was shining. I was walking through this, this grass field with, with you know, this, this uh, farmhouse and the split rail fence and the trees. Perfect. Um, I, I went back to the hostel, had some dinner, and then um, got, my, got my room. 
I was like, okay, well now I guess the next stop has to be Switzerland. It's it, you know it's next it's, it's farther west in the list. Like it was kind of a transition period for me because it was either either I was going to go further down into into, um, into Italy or I was going to go west into Switzerland. So I chose Switzerland because I was like, okay, well I, I'm really digging this whole mountain vibe. So why would I want to go down to you know, Italy? So I was all set to go to, to Switzerland. Um, before bed, this uh, th- this really this really cool Australian girl came in. She was probably like 21, 22, somewhere in there. Um, and kind of looked rough, really, really rough. And she was very nice and just started talking to me. And her story blew me away. Um, she had came from Australia. Like, so many, this story is just over and over and over again the same. Had had gone, you know, grew up in Australia, wanted, wanted to see the world before she got married and settled down. So she was an early 20s Australian person, and she had gone to Amsterdam. She wanted to party. So um, she get, had got to Amsterdam, was there for a day or two, met this guy. This guy was really into drugs, hard drugs. And so she kind of fell into that trap a little bit one night, then it came the next night, and started getting harder and harder. It started with weed, and then it went right into like Coke, and then um, speed and MDMA. Um, then the bender kept going, her and this guy, and they just would just you know, have sex and just do drugs and go to raves and, and, uh, just were just imbibing in that hard, more hard drug scene of Amsterdam. And, uh, she woke up one morning. Oh, sorry. Before that. Um, so as they kept getting into the drug scene, the guy was like, well, we should buy the drugs so we could sell them. So this story isn't getting much better for this girl. So she's, you know, scrapes, uh, you know, much of her money. Um, the guy didn't have much money. Wink, wink. Um, and so with basically her money, um, he bought a bunch of speed and MDMA and with the, with the idea of them selling it. So but what was supposed to be this, you know, more party, you know, short time after them turned into like a week. And then the last night they were, they were partying really hard and doing a lot of speed, a lot of MDMA, hard, partying hard. And um, the, the guy and, and the girl went to bed that night the, this grand plan of traveling around selling this, these drugs. The girl woke up the next morning and the guy was gone. The guy, the drugs, the money were all gone. So this poor girl from Australia had come to Amsterdam to get away, you know, to to get to get this fun part of her life going to party in Amsterdam, and she just fell into this slippery slope and uh, just got completely taken advantage of. So, not knowing what to do, um, she wound her way over to. Innsbruck, Austria, with me, and so I was talking to this girl, and I felt so bad for her because as she was, as she was talking to me, she was definitely on, you know, coming off the bender, and she had scabs on her face, scabs on her arms. She had was she had a fat lip from biting it in her sleep from the speed, and um, just was a this was a was a mess. She had very little money now because the guy had taken it, um, so she didn't know what to do. She didn't want to go home yet. Um, I imagine much like me where it's like going home would be a defeat. So you got to keep on going. And so her plan of going to a lot of countries turned into, well, now I have a certain amount of money, not a whole lot of money. So I can really only go to the, the Balkan countries, which are, which are comparatively really cheap. So I think her next stop was somewhere down in there. Um, and I didn't tell her about the whole border crossing. I, was, I, I this girl has to figure it out and hopefully she gets, you know, better and help. Hopefully she figures out what she wants to do. And so she she left the room and then um, I was like, man, it's heavy, heavy shit. So I got into bed and I was thinking about her and just being like, man, what a 
what a what a way to do it, you know, to to have this this dream of traveling around Europe and having this great time. And you know, granted, look, look you know, looking at her like you you don't get scabs in your arms from you know one night of doing hard drugs. Like that's gonna happen over time. So who knows how she was in Australia? Who knows how long she really was in Austria or in um, Amsterdam? So she's a super super nice girl, and I felt really bad for her. I felt I I felt bad for the person that doesn't get as lucky as I did. And, uh, you know, didn't make the, the best decisions. So, um, hopefully she was fine. Hopefully everything turned out well for her. Um, when I woke up the next morning, her bed was, her bed was taken. She was in there. Um, so hopefully she had not found drugs. Hopefully she was doing better. Hopefully she was on the mend. Um, but I woke up, um, and looked out the window and saw the Alps and was just thankful and happy with all of my traveling. I had not made many mistakes. I had not made anything close to those kind of mistakes. Um, and I just, I just was like, it, it was a good, it was a good anchoring point because it showed that, you know, it's, it's nothing is given. Like there's, there's always people out there that can, that can turn you to the, you know, to a bad side of things. But as long as you kind of just have a good head on your shoulders and you, you make good choices when you're traveling, it can be a very rewarding experience. Um, and, and out of all my traveling that I did in Europe, she was the only person like that I had met, uh, I, I met. So it wasn't like a certain person or a certain whatever that was, um, that was, you know, could fall trapped to that. But just that girl in particular was unfortunate and whatever demons she had, had been carrying with her, you know, they had followed her to Europe and they had followed her into Amsterdam and they had followed her hopefully away from that guy and just was hopefully on, on her mend in Austria. So again, best, best of luck to that girl. I, I obviously don't know who she is or where she is now, but hopefully she's doing better. Um, but for me, um, that morning I went to the, the train station. It was all it was all on fire to go to Switzerland. So excited. I got there. Um, I had noticed that the, the clocks were all wrong, but my clock was right. And it turned out that um, it was daylight saving time, which was uh, happens in different places. But I did not, did not realize that. Till then, so what was not daylight savings time in America was in Austria. So that was a big change. So then I was like, okay, well, how, how much is it going to cost to get to Switzerland? Because I, I wanted to see the Matterhorn really bad. Um, it turned out that to get from um, Innsbruck to, I can't remember the little town next to the Matterhorn, but whatever town that is, it was like 150 euros. And I was like, screw that noise. Because then I was like, okay, well, if that's how much it costs to get there, how much is a hostel? hundred dollars a night. And I was like, there's no way I can pull that off. There's no way. So I was like, you know what? Let's just turn the bus. Let's just get on the bus and go somewhere else. And so I got on a train actually, and then went to, um, Venice. I, uh, the next stop is, uh, Venice, Italy. And, um, the next chapter is big. It is the Italian chapter. Um, I spent two weeks in Italy, um, saw a ton of stuff, fell in love with Italy. Like everyone does. Cliche, cliche, but the next uh, chapter and discussion will be all about Italy. Um, hopefully you guys like this chapter of Austria. Um, shout out to everyone listening to this in, in all parts of the world. That's crazy to me. I can't believe that. Like looking at the analytics is, um, is flooring because I look at it and like what people are in different countries are listening to this. Thank you so much. I, I cannot tell you thank you enough. Um, hopefully you guys you know, are liking the story, liking these discussions. Uh, pick up pick up room to roam wherever you can find it. Um, it's it's a cool book. I like I, I love rereading it. It's been three years since I read it, so it's amazing. So thank you all for listening this this far. Um, we're chapter twelve, and so we're we're going out to Italy and then turning the bend. So 
We're about halfway there on the trip, so thank you so much.